Good afternoon and good evening to everyone. My name is Dave Frankowski and I'll be your moderator for today's class. And welcome to another lecture given by the Oceanside California class. This is a school and not a church. Neither are we affiliated with any religious organization. The school is a nonprofit, non-denominational, religious and scientific research organization dedicated to showing proof of the existence of Yahweh our Elohim and the operation of his eternal purpose, pattern and plan operating throughout eternity to this present day. The school was established as a result of a divine vision and revelation given unto our founder, Dr. Henry Clifford Kinley in the state of Ohio in the year of 1931. We were incorporated in the state of California in the year of 1958, and we hold classes in the United States and in various other countries. The Oceanside class was established in 1994. At this time, I'd like to introduce to you the Dean of the Oceanside class, Dr. Dennis Volpe, and the President, Dr. Carl Emler. Now in this school, we use the true, correct, and original name and title for the Father, the Word or Son, and the Holy Spirit, which are contained in the original Hebrew text. The correct name of our Heavenly Father is Yahweh. It has been improperly substituted by Lord. The correct title of the Word or Son is Elohim. It has been improperly substituted by God. And the correct name of the Holy Spirit manifest in or out of a physical body is Yahshua. It has been erroneously substituted by Jesus Christ. Now, Lord and God are titles and they are not names. The Apostle Paul, filled with the Holy Spirit, tells us in 1 Corinthians 8 and 5 that there are Lord's many and there are God's many. But we now know that each Lord must have a name and each God must have a name also. Elohim is a title, but unlike the titles of Lord and God, Elohim is a divine title. It's a divine title because it's the title that our creator has chosen for himself. Jesus is a name, but it is an erroneous name. And a minor investigation on your part into a good dictionary or encyclopedia would prove that neither the Hebrew, the Greek, nor the Latin languages have any letters or characters in their alphabet that would produce the sound that's made by the letter J. Neither was there a letter J in our own English language until some 1400 years after the death of the Messiah, which would make such names as Jesus and Jehovah impossible renderings for the true name of our father and his son. Christ is a title just like Lord and God. Now, Yahweh is pure spirit, and in this state, he is incomprehensible and inscrutable. He is the ultimate source, substance, the limits and the bounds of everything that exists. We have Yahweh in his pure spirit state, symbolized on this chart as a cloud. Yahweh is not a cloud. He merely chose a cloud because a cloud has no particular or descriptive shape and form. And we've drawn this cloud to extend all around the edges of this chart 
to show that everything on the chart is within the cloud. In like manner, everything in the universe abides within the pure spirit state of Yahweh. Yahweh knowing that man could not perceive of him in his pure spirit state, took on shape and took on form right within himself as Yahweh Elohim. This is the word or son, a super incorporeal being that is having the shape and form of a man, but without flesh and blood. Later on, this self-same spirit manifest himself in a, oh, this form, sorry, this form can only be seen in divine visions and understood in divine revelation. Later on, this self-same spirit manifest himself in a physical body, and he walked the earth plane as Yahshua the Messiah, who the whole world calls Jesus Christ. Now there's only one name given unto salvation, and we must know that name. So a simple yet intelligent question that we should ask ourselves is, what did they call the Savior when he walked the earth plane? And a further understanding of this name and title may be had by reading the preface to the Holy Name Bible. Also in this school, we teach by the divine pattern of the universe. It's the divine pattern because it's Yahweh's pattern. After Yahweh led the children of Israel out of the land of Egypt, he called Moses on top of Mount Sinai, and he showed him this threefold tabernacle pattern in a vision. Later on, Yahweh instructed Moses to build a physical one in the wilderness, just like the one he had seen in his vision on the mount. The tabernacle pattern is a threefold pattern consisting of a most holy place, a holy place, and a court roundabout. These three compartments make up the one tabernacle pattern. In this school, we show proof that everything in the universe is made and it operates according to the structure and the function of this threefold tabernacle pattern, and that absolutely nothing escapes the pattern. The school has 10 primary constitutional objectives and aims, and they are as follows. One, to help you find and know Yahweh our Elohim as he really is and actually exists. Two, to form a nucleus of universal brotherhood of humanity in Yahshua the Messiah without distinction of race, nationality, creed, sex, caste, or color. Three, to investigate the unexplained spirit law or so-called law of nature and the powers latent in man. Four, to encourage and promote the study of the scriptures, comparative religions, psychology, philosophy, modern practical and occult science. Five, to extirpate current superstition, skepticism, and ignorance. Six, to learn, know, and understand the operation of Yahweh's eternal purpose through the dispensations and ages. Seven, to discern and avoid being deceived by Lucifer, the serpent, the devil, the dragon, or Satan and his demons, operating the mystery of iniquity on earth through the dispensations of time. Eight, to earnestly contend for the common salvation and faith, which was once delivered unto the sons or children of Yahweh. Nine, to make known that Yahweh from the beginning ordained, there is no other name given among men 
whereby a man can be saved, saving the name of Yahshua the Messiah. And 10, to inherit eternal life now in the kingdom of Yahshua the Messiah, with the hope of immortal glorification in the new earth state. Our watchword is peace, and our slogan is speak the truth. We'll begin this afternoon by a prayer with a prayer by Dr. Chuck Marshall from our Tampa class. And we'll have a scripture read, which will be 2 Peter, the second chapter. And that'll be read by Dr. Linda Volpe from our Oceanside class. May we all bow our hearts and minds unto Yahweh at this time and thank him for revealing to us this great vision and revelation causing us to understand, causing us to walk, causing us to talk in this great vision. This is, a, this is just un, uh, un, nothing that we can say or do thank you enough. And we do appreciate it. We thank you for these Zoom classes so that we can get together with the brethren all over the country. All of these blessings that we just cannot had, have adequate words to thank you for, but we do thank you. Hallelujah. 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 Can you hear me? Dave? Yep. Thanks. Got yeah, we got you. Okay. Uh, I'll be reading from the King James, King James Version of the Bible, and I'll be inserting the correct names, and I'm going to be reading Second Peter, the second chapter. But there were false prophets also among the people, even as there shall be false teachers among you, who secretly shall bring in destructive heresies, even denying the Savior that bought them, and bring upon themselves swift destruction. And many shall follow their pernicious ways, by reason of whom the way of truth shall be evil spoken of. And through covetousness, shall they with feigned words make merchandise of you, whose judgment now for a long time lingereth not, and their destruction slumbereth not. For if Yahweh Elohim spared not the angels that sinned, but cast them down to hell and delivered them into chains of darkness to be reserved unto judgment, and spared not the old world, but saved Noah and ate and eight persons, a preacher of righteousness, bringing in the flood upon the world of the ungodly, and turning the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah into ashes, condemned them with an overthrow, making them an example unto those that after should live ungodly, and delivered just Lot, vexed with the filthy manner of life of the wicked, for that righteous man dwelleth among them, in seeing and hearing vexed his righteous soul from day to day with their unlawful deeds. Yahweh knoweth how to deliver the godly out of temptations and to reserve the unjust unto the day of judgment to be punished. But chiefly them that walk after the flesh in the lust of uncleanness and despise government Presumptuous are they, self-willed. They are not afraid to speak evil of dignities. Whereas angels who are greater in power and might bring not railing accusation against them before Yahweh. But these as natural brute beasts make to be taken and destroyed 
speak evil of the things that they understand not and mm -hmm. shall utterly perish in their own corruption and shall receive the reward of unrighteousness as they that count it pleasure to revel in the daytime. Spots they are and blemishes reveling with their own deceivings while they feast with you, having eyes full of adultery and that cannot cease from sin, beguiling unstable souls, a heart they have exercised with covetous practices, cursed children who have forsaken the right way and are gone astray, following the way of Balaam, the son of Baor, who loved the wages of unrighteousness, but was rebuked for his iniquity. The dumb ass speaking with man's voice forbade the madness of the prophet. These are wells without water, clouds that are carried with a tempest to whom the mist of darkness is reserved forever. For when they speak great swelling words of vanity, they allure through the lusts of the flesh, through much wantonness, those that are just escaping from them who live in error. While they promise them liberty, they themselves are the servants of corruption. For of whom a man is overcome, of the same is he brought, with, brought in bondage. For if, after they have escaped the pollutions of the world through the knowledge of our Savior, Yahshua the Messiah, they are again entangled in it and overcome, the latter end is worse with them than the beginning. For it had been better for them not to have known the way of righteousness than, after they have known it, to turn from the holy commandment delivered unto them. But it has happened unto them according to the true proverb, the dog is turned to his own vomit again, and the sow that was washed to her wallowing in the mire. That was Second Peter, the second chapter. Thank you, Dr. Volpe and Dr. Marshall. Our other scripture reader, besides Linda Volpe, will be Dr. Reva Zahar from our Oceanside class. We'll have a three-speaker format this afternoon, each speaker getting approximately 35 minutes. And our first speaker this afternoon will be Dr. Felicia Smith from our Dallas class. Good evening, class. Good evening. I actually, um, I sent Dennis, uh, Dr. Volpe, uh, <laughs> a message in the chat that I was willing to read, and uh, <laughs> that turned into speaking. So I'd just like to say that I am, I just have great pleasure to be here amongst the brethren on this call today. Um, the scripture lesson that we actually just read is so apropos in speaking about the, where we are right now and the purpose of Yahweh and the things that have happened in the teaching and in the school. But before I get into that, uh, I just like to give a little personal testimony uh, to the class. Um, I was one of those who was in progressive doctrine uh, probably up until maybe less than five years ago. And um, I sat there year after year following 
the commandment that Dr. Kinley had gave that you go to class and when you're there to be there and that you just don't miss. So even though I could not understand and did not agree with the things that were being said, I tried to be obedient and to just continue to go. And year after year and year after year, I sat there and my heart was just broken and I just could not understand what had happened. And of course I had read Apostasy Shall Abound. I had looked at, at the track of the children of Israel, how that they, when they were, after they had been brought out of Egypt, he destroyed them that believed not or didn't believe the report. And so even though I knew those things intellectually, I didn't understand them after the purpose because I continued to sit there and sit there and sit there to the point where I was just disheartened, disillusioned, uh, and just felt like Yahshua had forsaken me. So oh, uh, eventually, after many, many years, I came through Memphis, Tennessee under Olivia Dobbins, and I came to Dallas, Texas under Floyd Macon, and I was there for many, many years. And I was one of those unfortunate ones who actually moved out to Banning, California, trying to follow the dictates of headquarters, trying to follow what was being told to me to do. But just to show you the grace and the mercy of Yahweh, he brought me out of the church world under the dictates of a minister father and a brother that had church and people that we lived church. We believed that wholeheartedly. We weren't just playing. We really did believe the things that were being told to us. And he brought me one single soul out of a family of 13 siblings. He called me by name and allowed me to hear the true gospel of the kingdom. So that was one coming out of Egypt. And then after coming into the school and being in here, I, I guess after 20 some odd years, I sat there, I came in in 91. So it was the beginning of progressive, so-called progressive doctrine. And so I never really heard the things that some of you were fortunate to hear where you uh, heard the things straight from Dr. Kinley's mouth or you have been around long enough. I came in when they began to preach that all the angels fail. I, I came in when they began to preach or, or they, it's a transition where they don't just tell you everything at once. It's kind of like they lead you down the path to the slaughter. And so they just correlate, they put correlation upon correlation upon correlation to the point where it's like, okay, but Yahweh had mercy on me just to show you one of the, one of the greatest things that I heard coming out of the mouth of the ones that were on the floor preaching that Yahshua Messiah's death on the cross never did a thing for you. And I sat there and all I could do was cry. I was like Dr. Kinley in the transcripts, you know, people tell us how he just cried and had so many tears. I was crying most of my days and most of my nights because I could not understand what had occurred. But eventually in 2016, I was allowed to leave California. I came back to Texas and I, to me, Joshua had just forsaken me. I didn't know anything about those of you who were yet and still preaching Joshua the Messiah, see. And so eventually Olivia Dobbins told me about this conference that was going on in, California, in Chicago every year. And she invited me to come. Now keep in mind, this was after, I guess about 26, 27 years had passed. And I, I got to hear the things that I heard when I first came into the school. 
that Yahshua is your savior, that he is saving your soul, that by the preaching of the gospel, the mission of Yahshua Messiah was to fulfill the law of Moses and to put the law in your heart and mind. And see, and somebody get me Jeremiah 31, 31 and just hold that for me. But I'm just a witness, see, and I want, I try to share that uh, with all the brethren to, to, to help, first of all, for you to understand how important it is, what it is that you're doing and continuing to preach the gospel in the way that it was delivered uh, through Dr. Kinley, which is Joshua in the body, delivering the vision and the revelation and allowing us to partake of it uh, in increments. It's so very important that you who have kept the faith, see, that you fought the good fight, that you continue to do so, because th there are many still, and they are just as I was. Things are getting worse. See, I, I still talk to some of them and they won't admit it, but they don't really understand what is going on and they, they need help. They need our assistance. Anybody who understands Joshua Messiah and has him in their heart and mind who is preaching the true gospel, we are at a perilous time in the faith. See, we are the, we're at a point right now where it is do or die, see. Mm -hmm. So I just wanted to share that. But uh, once again, I'm grateful. I'm so grateful. And it, it was it was the Oceanside class. And it was that I first started listening to on YouTube. And I was so grateful to hear Dennis and to hear Carl Embler and his wife and to hear Jerry and Bruce and Shannon Brewster. I mean, those things saved my life, spiritually so, because I understood that it wasn't me. Because for so long, I said, this must be me. I don't know what they're saying. They're all agreeing and they seem to be enjoying what they're hearing. They're loving this, but yet I'm in tears. So I'm just so grateful that you guys have kept the faith and have done the thing that Joshua Messiah ordained you to do, which is preach the gospel of the kingdom. So go over there and get me Jeremiah 31, 31, and we'll go from there. It's Jeremiah 31, 31. Behold, the days come, saith Yahweh, that I'll make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah, not according to the covenant that I made with their fathers in the day that I took them by the hand to bring them out of the land of Egypt, which my covenant they break, although mm -hmm. the husband unto them, saith Yahweh. Okay. All right. If you could stop right there. So let's just look at that. There's a lot in that one verse. So he says, behold, the days come, saith Yahweh, Yahweh Elohim that I will make a new covenant. So then if he says that there's a new covenant that he's going to make, it can't be the old one. See, not according to the same one when I brought them out of the land of Egypt, if I'm paraphrasing. So then the mission of Yahshua the Messiah was to come in to fulfill the law and the prophets and to put the spirit of the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost, which he did do in the hearts and minds of men. Read on. 33, mm -hmm. but this shall be the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, saith Yahweh. So I after what days? I apologize that I interrupt like that, so please forgive me. So after what days? After the death, after the burial, and after the resurrection of Yahshua the Messiah is when he's going to be able to put that law into your heart and mind, see? And I was talking to a vessel today who... Uh, 
went over spiritual CPR and explained to me that a person can be uh, not dead, dead, but not have the life signs that you can see for four minutes. So then Yahshua Messiah on the 4,000th year, right on time, came in. He died. He buried. He resurrected. See? And did all things, all these things according to the scriptures, which is the old, so-called old part of the book from Genesis, see, to Malachi. He fulfilled all those things in the span of three and a half years. And on the day of Pentecost, which is over in Acts, the second chapter, he pours out his spirit in the heart and mind of the 120, and that's a significant number as well, that were in the upper room. Read on. I will put my law in their inward parts and write it in their hearts and will be their Elohim and they shall be my people. And, and that's exactly, yes, go ahead. And they shall teach no more every man his neighbor and every man his brother saying, no Yahweh, for they shall all know me from the least of them unto the greatest of them, saith Yahweh. Yes. Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, you're cool. For I will forgive their iniquity and I will remember their sin no more. Thank you. And that's exactly what Joshua the Messiah did on the day of Pentecost. And Pentecost is still going on in that he is proving himself to be the only true Elohim, see? Because right within the school, this great division that we have, and see the adversary doesn't change up his, what he does. He's always going to tell somebody the opposite of what Yahweh has said. And see, I, and one of the reasons that you can go and get apostasy for me, and see, and what has occurred in the school is that, and over here in, in Second Peter is talking about the same thing, see? in that they didn't know the truth, and I'm paraphrasing, but they turned away from it and chose unrighteousness instead, see? So that is what has occurred uh, right within, with the people that we grew up with, that became our family, that became our friends. They now have said that someone else is their savior, and they believe that just as wholeheartedly as you know that Joshua is your savior. So go and get apostasy. So in order to, I'll let you read the definition and then I'll add a little bit to that. If you have found that, please. Apostasy, the abandonment or renunciation of a religious or political belief. Is there any more to that? Um, I'm looking down here. <clears throat> well, that's, that's good. Apostasy, yeah. Go ahead. Apostasy is the formal disaffiliation from, abandonment of, or renunciation of a religion by a person. It can also be defined within the broader context of embracing an opinion that is contrary to one's previous religious beliefs. One who also undertakes apostasy is known as apostate. Yes. So if someone knows where it is, if an apostasy shall abound and a love of many shall wax cold. And while you're finding that for me, I do apologize that I don't know where everything is anymore. Um, 
because unfortunately for many years um, we were told not, you don't need to bring your Bible. Why are you reading transcripts? Why, you know, and they considered you to be unrighteous as you were doing, if you were doing those things. So if you could find that for me, but basically that is what has occurred right within the school. There's a definition and I'm not quite sure which, which, uh, which one it is, but it says to turn away from what has been proven to be true to you. And basically all of us came up in this school the same way we were taught, Yahweh's the father, Elohim is the word or son. Yahweh took on shape and form right within himself as Elohim. And then he manifested in the flesh as Joshua the Messiah, who's the savior. And we were taught those things. We were taught the Tetragrammaton, adding the A and the E for pronunciation in the English language. We were taught that Joshua the Messiah came to fulfill we went down to Moses and brought the children of Israel out of Egypt, every class. And we passed that baton to the next speaker who went over the tabernacle pattern. And then the next speaker who would go into the fulfillment and the spiritual fulfillment of Yahshua and Messiah and his mission. So we were all taught those things as babes coming into the school. But what happens, see, because I was sitting there, I can speak to this. It's respecter of person and giving honor to man. Worshiping a man and taking what he said over the things that the Holy Spirit had taught you in your heart and mind. And unfortunately, you did not believe what it was that Joshua said as opposed to what men said. So get that scripture that I asked for and then get John 14 and 26, please. Did I have a scripture holding? Um, uh, no. Does anyone know where the apostasy one is? I found it in Matthew, but it's iniquity, not apostasy. Yes, Let me see if I can find it here. With my ethical it's one moment. Linda, it's because iniquity shall abound. Yeah, iniquity, not apostasy. I'm sorry. Right. Oh, okay. So thank that you. will be. Thank you. That would be Matthew 24 and 12. All right. And because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall grow or wax cold. Mm-hmm. And but that's. that's I'm sorry, go ahead. Oh, thank you. But he that shall endure unto the end, the same shall be saved. And is that not true? <laughs> Iniquity, see, looking back at what happened to Eve in the Garden of Eden, the serpent came to her, and, and, some, and you guys can go over there where the serpent is speaking to her, and I'm gonna flip over there as well. So if you hear the pages moving, I'm, I'm moving along with you here. Uh, and it's actually Genesis uh, 2 and start reading at about 12 and then 2 and 12 and then move over to 3 and start at 1. So read John 14, 26 first and I'll say a little bit more about apostasy. So we saw according to the track of the children of Israel what Yahweh's purpose was and what principle he was showing about himself in that he brings you out, he gives you, unless you know who he is, he marries you and gives you his name. And all of us in the school, as well as the children of Israel, same thing. It's a repeat, see, Yahweh overturns and overturns. And we said, I do, he married us, gave us the laws and the rules of the household. 
But with many of them, he was not well pleased and he overthrew them in the wilderness. And that is what's occurred in our time in the school and that they did not follow what Yahweh Elohim had instructed, which is through Dr. Kinley, see, that this gospel is simple. It is the death, the burial, the resurrection and the ascension of Yahshua the Messiah according to the scriptures. So you have to go to the law and you have to go to the prophets or the testimony to prove that these things are so. And he gave us 1 John 5 and 7. And there are three that bear record in heaven, the Father, the Word, and the Holy Spirit. And these three are one. And they are three that agree, see, in earth. And that is the Spirit, the water, and the blood. And these three agree in one. Those principles and precepts have to be adhered to. And you have to continue to go over those precepts. You can add on and you can build upon, but that is the foundation of the gospel of Yahshua the Messiah and not another. Read John 14, 26. Did you read that? Can you guys hear me? Hold on. You got it, Linda? <clears throat> yes, John 14, 26. But the Comforter, who, mm -hmm. is the who is the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance, whatever I have said unto you. Okay, so this C is when Yahshua was walking around in the flash and he's talking to them about what was going to occur, that he had to die, that he had to be buried and that he would resurrect the third day. But okay, they understood all of these things, right? No, they didn't understand what he was talking about, see? Mm -mm. But he told mm -hmm. them, but the comforter. And see, Yahshua the Messiah is the comforter. He is the father, see? He is everything. He's the head, you see? He's the author and the finisher of our faith. And he has done all these things, see? So let's go back down there to Genesis 2, start about... 13, and I'm going to tie together what happened in, in the Garden of Eden with what is occurring right now still, and that the adversary, after, now keep in mind, this is crucial. You have to be told something by Yahweh Elohim to disobey it. That's where apostasy shall abound comes in. If you never knew anything and never heard anything and were never told anything that was true, then you can't turn away from it because you didn't have anything that was true in the first place. But see, when you turn away from that which is true, that you have been told, that you say you understand apostasy, and it had to occur just based on how Yahweh is proving himself to be the only true Elohim, and he's using ages, which equals times, and he's using dispensations, which is people and events, to carry that out, to show his will, to show his purpose, see, to show his plan. He's doing that with these ages and dispensations and events that have occurred. So over here in the Garden of Eden, you have Adam that was brought forth from the dust of the ground, Yahweh breathed in, him the birth of life, and he became a living soul. Then he takes the womb man out of him, Tesla, which is rib, see, a, a womb, Tesla, right? And rib and womb and creates this womb man, 
to show forth that Yahweh is all in all, see, that he is complete within himself and does not need anyone or anything else to carry out his purpose or his will. So then you got the man, Adam and Eve in the garden. So as soon as the woman is out of the man, then the adversary has to come, the woman representing the bride, the assembly seat of Yahweh Elohim. So then the adversary is gonna come to her and he's going to test her, tempt her with something that she already heard while she was in Adam and read what Yahweh said to Adam while yet Eve was, and she heard it as well, read on. Um, I think you're, Dr. Smith, are you uh, referencing from a Holy Name Bible? Yes, I am looking at a Holy Name Bible. Now, if you are in a King James, then the yes. verses are different. And I do apologize that I don't have a King That's James. Fine. I, I was wondering if you wanted in Yahweh Elohim commanded the man saying. Absolutely. Okay, right there. That's, uh, Genesis 2 and 16 in the King James. And Yahweh commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden thou mayst freely eat, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil thou shalt not eat of it. For in the day that thou eatest thereof, thou shalt surely die. Yes. And Yahweh Elam said, It is not good that man should be alone. I will make him a helpmeet for him. And out of the ground, Yahweh Elohim formed every beast of the and, field. And, and that's good. So then Yahweh Elohim created the man, took the woman out of him, gave the commandment that you should not eat uh, uh, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. So now the woman over here is going, she's out of the man. Yahweh Elohim has shown that he is male and female right within himself. And he's going to begin to carry out his purpose see, or his will. So go to three and one, and hopefully it's the same. Just start where they're, right there where it says, and the serpent was more subtle. If you could start there, wherever that is in the, in the King James. It's uh, Genesis three and one as well. Okay. All right. Now, the, the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field, which Yahweh Elohim had made. And he said unto the woman, Yea, hath Elohim said, you shall not eat of every tree of the garden? And the if woman said... Yes, if you could pause right there for me, please. So he comes to her with something that he knew that she already had heard, had been told. So you got to be told first before he can come in and try to still take away that thing and cause you to sin or to disobey Yahweh. So let's read and see what happened. Read on. And the woman said unto the serpent, we may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, mm -hmm. but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, Yahweh Elohim has said, you shall not eat of it, neither shall you touch it, lest you die. Okay, if you could pause right there. So then she repeated exactly what Yahweh Elohim said. So it wasn't like, what are you talking about? I don't know what you're talking about. She knew exactly what it was that Yahweh Elohim had said. See, she understood that you're not to touch the tree, which is in the midst of the garden. He's, and she went on to say, what's going to happen if you touch it? You shall not eat of it, neither shall you touch it, lest you die. So let's go and see what the adversary's job is. Let's see what his MO is or his, or his motives 
operandi, and he does not change it, folks. He's always going to come and speak a lie against that which Yahweh Elohim has said. That, was, that is what he was created to do. Read on. And the serpent said unto the woman, ye shall not surely die, for Elohim right. doth know that <laughs> yes. in the day ye mm -hmm. eat thereof, your eyes shall be opened. Mm -hmm. You shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. Yeah, so Dan, he didn't even try to fix it up. He went and said the opposite of what Yahweh Elohim said, which is what he's created to do. Yahweh Elohim said, you're going to die. Don't touch it. See, don't eat of it. Don't touch it. You'll die. He said, no death shall you die. And he's always going to give you an explanation or a reason for what it is that he said. See, and that is what has occurred. And I sat there in the school, guys, and I'm going to wrap it up here. And I watched that lie be told, and I, I saw it take root. I saw it grow up. I saw many try at first to stick to the principles and precepts that Yahweh had given us from the beginning. And I saw them fall year after year. I saw the souls die year after year, where because respect of person and the worship of men, they let go of what Yahweh had told them from the beginning, that I am your savior. Yahweh, the savior, Ayah, Asher, Ayah. See, I am the one who brought you out of Egypt. I'm the one who gave you my name. I'm the one who taught you everything that you know by vision and revelation that was given to Dr. Henry Clifford Kinley in the state of Ohio in the year 1931. I gave you all those things. Nobody can take those from you unless you give them away or throw them away. And that's exactly what happened. Now, I am so fortunate, see. I know how blessed I am. Nobody has to tell me to have been brought out, see, by a mighty hand. And I'm singing the song of Moses and every other song I can get hold to at this point in my life because I'm so glad and happy to be able to sit here and to remember the basic simple things and the teaching and to understand them without them be, having a twist to it, see, or something added to it or taken away from it so that the glory is taken from Yahshua the Messiah. Because at the end of the day, brethren, what those things are for is to cause your soul to die, for you to tell Yahweh to his face that he's a liar, see, that what he taught you was not correct, that he led you the wrong way, he did that, and they tell you why he led you the wrong way, but see, all those things are lies, and I'm so fortunate and grateful, and I'm so thankful, see, that he had mercy, that he did exactly what he said he would do, that if you will call on me, if you will believe the things that I've shown you, I will deliver you by a mighty hand, see, and that's what he did for me. I hope that I, something, anything that I said, I thank you for the opportunity to even be able to say anything. I thank you for the time and attention, and I hope that something was said that would edify the body of Yahshua Messiah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Dr. Smith. And our next speaker will be the Dean of our Rhode Island class, Dr. Sue Sikelski. Good evening, everybody. Good evening. I thoroughly enjoyed the first speaker. And it is always heartwarming to hear a testimony where someone has been able to be 
delivered from bondage or darkness. As sad as it is that that has to occur within the teachings of this school that for many years we had all thought we were looking at and, and seeing the same things that has been shown not to be the case. But Yahweh clearly has in people that are that have been called, that have been chosen, the, the soul that is not willing to accept the um, things that are not true, that are not his gospel, that are not glorifying him. And it was the testimony of the first speaker that for quite a long time, she just knew something wasn't right and looked at people that I'm assuming she respected and thought were teaching the truth and were the elders in, in knowledge and understanding and just knew that something wasn't right. Um, I have heard, to, to bring an analogy to this, I have heard people, because I do work in a hospital, I'm not clinical, but um, know a lot of things that go on and know of occurrences where people say, I just knew something wasn't right with my body. And they would run tests and they would, they would see the doctors and nothing would be found. Um, and people would say, you're fine. But something in them kept telling them something is not right. And eventually, if they per pursued, persevered, then um, it was shown that there was a problem. There was something that was not right. And, and um, a witness to the fact that what was in them um, was telling them something that was true and they had to persevere in order to find the truth. Um, in, let's go into Matthew 24. Um, I'd like to go back over um, one of the points that the previous speaker made. And um, this is, if you have a red letter version of your Bible, this is in red letters, um, which means that it is Yahshua the Messiah speaking here. And could we start with verse, um, the question at the beginning of the chapter, um, they, they ask about the end and what are gonna be the signs of the end of the world. And so Yahshua gives them a number of things that, as we've read through this before, are things that could have been said a week ago or yesterday um, and are still going on and are still things that are pointing to the fact that there will be an end to this creation and that things are going to get very bad before that happens. So, well, let's actually read um, starting at... Four in Matthew 24. Four. And Yahshua answered and said unto them, Take heed that no man deceive you. All right. So he starts out by trying to bring to their awareness that they can be deceived and that they may be deceived, that people will be trying to deceive them. And we should heed the same warning. Read. 
For many shall come in my name, saying, I am the Messiah, and shall deceive many. And ye shall hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that ye not be troubled, for all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. So we, too, are experiencing wars and rumors of wars. Read. For nation shall rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom, and there shall be famines and pestilences and earthquakes in various places. All these are the beginning of sorrows. All right, they're not the end of sorrows. They're the beginning of sorrows. Read. Then shall they deliver you up to be afflicted and shall kill you. And ye shall be hated of all nations for my name's sake. And then shall many be offended and shall betray one another and shall hate one another. And many false prophets shall rise and shall deceive many. All right. And so as they play this through, um, the those following Yahshua, and back here that was the uh, disciples, and this is before the day of Pentecost, but they were um, not happy, they being religious elders and people in power, they were not happy with Yahshua and with what he was teaching or preaching. And they saw people following him and they worried about what that meant relative to their place in, um, of power and of persuasion and um, in the eyes of the people. And so many were offended um, and many did betray one another and hate one another because all that sowed the seeds of, um, uh, of uh, disunity and of suspiciousness and of concern about what was going to happen. And they were all concerned about what would happen to them personally. Um, and that selfish, that egocentric approach um, causes many divisions and, and many things to happen. Read. 12. And because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold. All right. So we had the false prophets arising. They deceived many and iniqu iniquity uh, abounded. And as a result of that, the love of many waxed cold. So as the first speaker was talking about, the mystery of iniquity has the power, has the the skill and the ability to cause you to um, be distracted, to be deceived, to be deterred from the words of Yahweh and from the gospel that, that was being preached and is being preached. Um, and our, we want to be concerned that our love does not wax cold, that we are not so um, appalled or so turned off or so frustrated or so um, uh, unable to deal with all of the things that are going on, that we lose our passion and we lose our love for the truth and for the gospel, as many have clearly. Read. But he that shall endure unto the end, the same shall be saved. And the gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world for a witness unto all nations, and then shall the end come. All right. And there's a need to endure so that one can be saved. And the gospel, the gospel of the truth, the gospel of the salvation of Yahshua must be preached in all the world for a witness, and then shall the end come. 
And so we see that at these end times, something like this technology that we're participating in tonight allows this gospel to be preached in all the world for a witness. And we didn't have that same capability with just starting schools in various places. It all is part mm -hmm. of this process of um, the purpose unfolding and the gospel being preached. But something like Zoom has been an incredible witness and an incredible mm -hmm. opportunity that Yahweh has used to bring people in, whether it be between the classes and something like the first speaker described, able to participate in the preaching of the true gospel that she hadn't been able to, to be part of for so long, or all these foreign countries where we're having people that are listening to these sessions and hearing the gospel preached and the words of Yahweh are pulling them in, in ways that we never would have been able to accomplish otherwise. So mm -hmm. the gospel is being preached in all the world for a witness. And then shall the end come. So we know we're getting close to the end times. Now, we go down further in this chapter. I'm going to have you skip down um, to 22, please. And except those days should be shortened. There should no flesh be saved, but for the elect's sake, those days shall be shortened. Then if any man shall say unto you, lo, here is the Messiah or there, believe it not. For there shall arise false prophets and messiahs and shall show great signs and wonders insomuch that if it were possible, they shall deceive the very elect. All right. So he goes back again to the false prophets, the false messiahs arrive, uh, arising. And he says, except those days be shortened, no flesh shall be saved. But for the elect's sake, the chosen's sake, those days will be shortened. And if any man says to you, lo, here is the Messiah, or lo, there, believe it not, because of the deception that is going on. And there have been many statements as to those to people being the Messiah or being Yahshua or being salvation. And we need to continue to guard against being pulled into that. And the mystery of iniquity is extremely good at what he does. And there have been a lot of deception and a lot of um, uh, people turned and hopefully Many of them still have something inside of them that are saying this doesn't feel right. Something's not right and are still searching for the truth. Now, um, when the first speaker was talking about apostasy and the definitions, um, the, the dictionary I had been looking at at the time she asked about that talked about someone who desert, des deserts, um, abandons their faith or their beliefs. And so I was thinking more about the concept of deserting um, that which you believe or that which you have um, had accepted as true and um, good and faithful, worthy of your belief. Now in um, the dictionary under desert, um, spelled D E 
S-E-R-T, not the kind you eat after dinner, but the kind where you abandon something. Um, it says to abandon one's post, um, to be absent without leave with the intention of not returning, to forsake or abandon or violate one's oath or orders. And so that then made me think about the watchman. And that's, we aren't going to go there, but uh, you can see um, and read about the watchman in Ezekiel 33 and how uh, one of the things that we as um, teachers and we as um, apostles in this gospel, uh, we have a duty of being a watchman and a teacher. And a watchman is supposed to warn people about and coming um, crisis, attack, um, problem, something that is going to be harmful to them. And if the watchman does their duty and they communicate that concern and that warning to people, it's stated as the blood is being put on the people's head. The watchman takes the knowledge, takes the information, communicates it, and then the blood or the responsibility for that possible um, harm is transferred from the watchman to the people that now have that information and have to decide um, to respond to it. If the watchman doesn't do their duty, abandons their post, um, doesn't communicate what they see and what, what their responsibility is, then the blood or the responsibility is still on that watchman because he hasn't done his job. And um, all these false prophets, all these false messiahs, um, all these people, in particular in the scripture reading, it talks about those who did have the knowledge and then um, abandoned their post, essentially. That's where the apostasy comes from or the damnable heresies. Um, that were described in the scripture reading. So um, let's uh, go into um, Jeremiah, the 50th chapter. There's a few scriptures I want to get, things that I had been reading about recently, um, as we've talked about some things in the Rhode Island class. And um, let me find the verse that I want. Um, and I also, if the other reader would get Isaiah 28, we're going to go there in a moment. I have Jeremiah. Okay. Um, Jeremiah 50. Um, starting at... Let's start at four. Jeremiah 50, verse four. In those days... And in that time, saith Yahweh, the children of Israel shall come, they and the children of Judah together, going and weeping, they shall go and seek Yahweh their Elohim. They shall ask the way to Zion with their faces thitherward, saying, come and let us join ourselves to Yahweh, and a perpetual covenant that shall not be forgotten. My people have been lost sheep. Their shepherds have caused them to go astray. They have turned them away on the mountains. 
They have gone from mountains to hills. They have forgotten their resting place. All that found them were devoured them, have devoured them. And their adversaries said, we offend not because they have sinned against Yahweh. The habitation of justice, even Yahweh, the father, the hope of their fathers. Okay, so um, there's a lot more in that chapter, but verse 6 uh, really made an impression on me. My people have been lost sheep. Their yeah. shepherds have caused them to go astray. They have turned them away on the mountains. They have gone from mountain to hill. They have forgotten their resting place. And the shepherds are the pastor's or the um, caregivers of the flock, the caretakers of the flock that um, of sheep that they've been given the responsibility to take care of. Mm -hmm. And in, um, in our analogy, that's the teachers and the preachers and the elders who have been given the responsibility to share what they've been taught to give the truth and the, the safety and the resting and the security to the flock, and they've not done that. They've caused them to go astray. And we've seen the product of that, the results of that in what's been happening in the world and in the school, particularly in recent years when um, our eyes have been opened to um, the manifestations and to the um, the results of of bad shepherds and mm -hmm. um, lack of care and desertion of their flocks. Essentially, they may still physically be there and saying things, but they've deserted the the truth and deserted the um, the things that keep the flock together, keep the flock healthy, and keep them from harm. Um, if we go into Isaiah 28, um, there's some verses in this scripture that we read all the time. But if you read around it a bit, it even adds more flavor to, to this particular horrible situation about um, that's described in the scripture reading we had tonight. You get done reading that, that scripture in um, 2 Peter, the second chapter, and it's very depressing and it's like, how could things have gotten this bad? But we understand that in Yahweh's purpose, um, the cause and effect that he put into place, the way this purpose is unfolding, that the mystery of iniquity has run rampant and has um, caused all of those things to, to play out. And we're able to, as the prayer had said, and the first speaker talked about, we're able to, with the blessing of being given a vision and revelation, we're able to see those things clearly with essentially special, special glasses that give you spiritual 2020 vision. And um, you're, you're able to, to be able to watch, Doc would always say, watch. Um, you're able to watch what happens in Yahweh's purpose and to be not to have your love wax cold, but to have your, your faith solidified and your understanding and um, waiting for the promises of, of Yahweh to unfold 
that just gets strengthened because you see time after time after time how he is repeating the principles and unfolding. And um, it talks about that a bit more in the scripture reading. Um, in Isaiah 28, let's start at... Um, um, let's start at seven. We're coming in a little bit into the, the train of thought here, but um, let's start at verse seven. But they also have erred through wine and through strong drink are out of the way. The priest and the prophet have erred through strong drink. They are swallowed up of wine. They are out of the way through strong drink. They err in vision. They stumble in judgment. All right. So this is talking about the priest and the prophet. And back under the Old Testament, they were um, charged with taking care of the nation of Israel. Um, they were the elders. They were the ones that had... Um, had the words of Yahweh and were supposed to provide those in truth and in honesty and in um, integrity to the people. And it says here that the priest and the prophet have erred through wine and through strong drink are out of the way. Now, you know that they call uh, alcohol spirits. And so this is a type and a shadow of um, the priests and the prophets being deceived, um, false prophets, false priests um, have been affected by um, a, a spirit, uh, false spirits, the mystery of iniquity, and they err in vision and they stumble in judgment. So if the leaders, if the teachers err in vision and stumble in judgment, what can you expect from those that are listening to them or those that are following them? Keep reading. Eight, for all tables are full of vomit and filthiness so that there is no place clean. All right. So um, they talk in a number of places, and I think earlier in this chapter, about um, eating at a table and um, the tables that are set up to offer things unto Yahweh. And it says for all the tables are full of vomit and filthiness. So there is no place clean. And um, if you look up filthiness, it talks, I believe, about having excrement on the tables. Um, if you go into um, Strong's for filthiness. And can you picture that as that kind of a setting in which somebody is trying to provide you with food uh, spiritual food. We're taking this as an analogy. Um, the tables are full of vomit and filthiness. And that was picked up in the scripture reading tonight about the dog returning to its own vomit. That is such a disgusting setting to think that that's where the priests and the prophets are, are um, functioning and have are are living in that and are trying to have the people function in that or the, the flock function in that. That's the kind of thing that people are being given as spiritual um, food and environment these days. And they can't see that that's the case. They don't see it as being um, disgusting and um, unhealthy and not something that you would offer to your worst enemy. But that is what's going on. And um, continue on with nine, please. 
Whom shall he teach knowledge and whom shall he make to understand doctrine? Those who are weaned from the milk and drawn from the breast. For precept must be upon precept, precept upon precept, line upon line, line upon line, here a little and there a little. All right. And so the, the Isaiah asks, whom shall he teach knowledge and whom shall he make to understand doctrine? And then it talks about weaned from the milk and drawn from the breast. So not a new baby, um, but those that are a little bit more grown in, in the spirit and in the understanding. And it says precept or idea, principle must be upon precept, precept upon precept, line upon line, here mm -hmm. a little, there a little. And we know when we teach, looking at the elementary chart as uh, an example of that, Yahweh has set up the way that he teaches and the way that he shares with us um, principles and um, ideas and they're repetitious. He goes over and over and over again, the same things, different manifestations, same ideas, blood, water, spirit, 40, death, burial, resurrection. We teach and the hope is that through some of those things, you're able to start to see the ideas that the creator has put into play and that how he's manifesting himself to us in the creation line upon line, precept upon precept, here a little, there a little. And all of that is the, the truth um, of the gospel and the way that the gospel really gets to be clear and to be um, understood and to be um, uh, developed in us and a strong foundation and a strong building because we see it over and over and over again. And um, keep reading in Isaiah, please. 11, for with stammering lips and another tongue, will he speak to his people? To whom he said, this is the rest by which ye may cause the weary to rest. And this is the refreshing, yet they would not hear. So here we have a problem. This is the rest the line upon line, precept upon precept, here a little, there a little. That's the rest. Um, let those who are troubled come unto us for rest. But they would not hear. And keep reading in um, 13. But the word of Yahweh was unto them, precept upon precept, precept upon precept, line upon line, line upon line, here a little and there a little that they might go and fall backward and be broken and snared and taken. And so the effect it has on the false prophets and the false teachers is that it pushes them backwards and they're fallen and broken and snared and taken. You know how if you're trying to talk with somebody, um, especially if they're familiar with the Bible um, and they like to... Um, kind of run away every time you're trying to give them witnesses, they fall backwards. They get pushed backwards. They go into a corner. Um, they're snared and they're taken, even if they don't realize it themselves. But that's what the line upon line, the precept upon precept does. It For those who have a heart to hear and a soul to hear, it provides rest. But for those who don't, it's a snare 
and it they end up broken and taken um, if they don't want to hear it and accept it. Keep reading. Uh, 14. Wherefore, hear the word of Yahweh, ye scornful men, that rule this people who are in Jerusalem. Because ye have said, we have made a covenant with death, and with Shoal are we at agreement. When the overflowing scourge shall pass through, it shall not come unto us, for we have made lies our refuge, and under falsehood have we hid ourselves. All right. And so they've made a covenant with death, and they probably don't think of it that way. But what they have agreed to, what they have accepted, where they have gone with having heard the truth and then deserted it, abandoned it, abandoned their post, abandoned their, their responsibility that they've been given. They've made a covenant with death. And that's, and then Yahweh, it talks about in the scripture reading, let's go back into um, the scripture reading for a moment, Second Peter 2. Um, it talks about them being reserved unto judgment. Would you like it at that verse? Um, let's start at one. Second uh, Peter two and one. But there were false prophets also among the people, even as there shall be false teachers among you who privily shall bring in damnable heresies, even denying the Messiah that brought them and bring upon themselves swift destruction. All right. So this is what we've been talking about. False prophets among the people, even as there shall be false teachers among you. And we've seen that, that we clearly have seen that that has occurred who will bring in damnable heresies, denying Yahshua that bought them. Now, that takes us back. Um, we don't need to go there, but 1 Corinthians 6.19 talks about what know ye not, that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. And it talks about that you're not your own and that Yahshua bought us with a price. Right. And they're denying the fact that he came in and was the ultimate sacrifice for sin, paid with his life um, or being the sacrifice wow. in order to, to um, bring them, bring us into salvation, deliver us from bondage, paid the cost of, of that deliverance. And that is a slap in the face to the Messiah, um, especially because as we learn going down through this chapter, that they knew the truth, they had the truth, and they walked away from it. They denied the truth. Um, keep reading. And many <clears throat> shall follow <clears throat> their pernicious ways, by reason of whom the way of truth shall be evil spoken of. All right, and it describes their ways as pernicious. Um, pernicious means destructive, or um, there's something um, called pernicious anemia, for example, and it's something that's um, very destructive in the um, in the body, in the blood system. So 
their pernicious ways um, by reason of whom the way of truth shall be evil spoken of. They're constantly bad-mouthing the truth and the way of truth, which is the preaching of the gospel to testify unto Yahweh's salvation um, and, and our deliverance and the reality of the new covenant, what the Holy Spirit in you um, has accomplished and is able to accomplish. Read. Five minutes, Dr. Sikelski. Thank you. And through covetousness shall they with feigned words make merchandise of you, whose judgment now of a long time lingereth not, and their damnation slumbereth not. All right, and it says through covetousness shall they with feigned words or false or faked words. Now, covetousness means that you look upon something that you want, that you lust after, that you want more than what you have. And covetousness or coveting is mentioned a couple of times in this chapter as the um, motivation for what they do. They are not content to be um, for what their place is in Yahweh's purpose. Mm -hmm. the, we read about the mystery of iniquity, wanting to be like the most high. And so that um, influence of the teachers, of the elders, of the preachers has caused them to make merchandise of you. And it says, whose judgment now of a long time lingers not and their damnation slumbers not. Yahweh is going to take care of this. They will pay for what is happening. Um, but it talks about a lot in Psalms and some of the other um, things in the Old Testament about it seems like the wicked are winning and that there's no justice for what happens. But this is saying that there will be. Um, and that they're looking to be, you can think back to what happened with Dathan and Korah as an example for them coveting what they think is Moses's power and um, relationship with Yahweh and situation as to um, uh, what Yahweh has put as Moses and Aaron's um, uh uh, responsibilities back with Israel. And so they, they lusted after that. They coveted that and shows how uh, unrealistic, how um, that's not the word that I want, how um, wrong their perspective was on what Yahweh was doing and what he was doing with Moses and Aaron um, they coveted some things that shows the state of their heart in their mind. Um, mm. And so uh, keep reading into four, please. For if Yahweh spared not the angels that sinned, but cast them down to hell and delivered them into chains of darkness to be reserved on the judgment. All right. So here he talks about how Yahweh spared not the angels that sinned and um, delivered them into chains of darkness to be reserved unto judgment. If you skip down to nine, um, he's talking about 
the others and things current day. Read. Verse 9. Yes, please. Yahweh knoweth how to deliver the godly out of temptations and to reserve the unjust unto the day of judgment to be punished. All right, so he picks up the same thought about how Yahweh spared not the angels and put them into chains of darkness reserved unto judgment, but he knows how to deliver the godly out of trials or temptations or the, um, the possibility that of being deceived and to reserve the unjust unto the day of judgment to be punished. So he's reserving the unjust. Um, and there are those that have a heart and a mind that are sealed in what's going on, um, that the, uh, teaching the, the lies and the um, pernicious ways and um, all the other stuff that's described in this chapter, which is um, very disheartening. But the, the fact that we have a creator who is... Um, loving and just and um, has shown us a vision and a revelation of his purpose, of the um, mercy and the justice, of the divine gospel and salvation that we are participating in. Um, as long as we keep that in our um in the front of our minds, in the front of our spiritual eyesight and just keep watching as he renders judgment. There's um, a scripture back in the old Testament that talks about the judges and how he wants those doing judgment to make diligent inquisition about the witnesses and about the circumstances. And um, we pray for our heart and our mind to be diligent and to be, um, dedicated and to be um, uh, good prophets, good um, priests, um, not as we read about with all these scriptures that, got, that I pulled tonight and that are in this chapter, um, just so thankful for the blessing that we've received and um, the, the ability to withstand the, the things in the world that are swirling around us and that are talked about, for example, in Matthew 24, um, those things in, in principle that uh, come at us from all sides and to just rest in the line upon line, precept upon precept and find um, those things that can cause you to, to be able to just rest in the spirit and the comforter that the first speaker had gotten the scripture on, we do have a comforter and we need to always remember that. And I thank you for your time tonight. Thank you, Dr. Sikelski. And our third speaker today will be Dr. Diane Emler from our Oceanside, California class. Hi, everybody. Hi. Hi. Hello. I had to step over dogs to get over <laughs> <here>. <laughs> I have uh, 
absolutely and completely enjoyed class. Uh, right from the very beginning, the first speaker gave a testimony uh, that was so moving uh, to think that uh, so many of us had a strong foundation in the gospel before uh, things uh, became more perverted uh, and the difficult time I know I and others had, um, but to uh, not have been in class uh, before all of this began uh, and to uh, had listened to that still small voice within you and letting you know that something just was not right. And it once again shows the power uh, of Yahweh through Yahshua uh, to uh, save his own. And it makes no difference how many classes we have to pull uh, one person out of Malaysia or, uh, you know, or any other country, uh, Yahweh is collecting the remnant, the remnant of the remnant at the end of this age. Uh, and uh, it is a glorious thing to see. Now, I'm gonna work some with the scripture reading uh, that was Second Peter 2, uh, but I want to pull up uh, in First Peter. Oh, there's so much. Is start, first of all, um, First Peter 1 and 3, and we'll kind of jump through this. Blessed be the Elohim and Father of our Savior, Yahshua the Messiah. Okay, 2 Peter 1 and 3, did I? Oh, I thought that, yeah, I thought you said 1 Peter, I'm sorry. I probably did, but. All right, <laughs> uh, 3, according as his divine power hath given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness through the knowledge of him that hath called us to glory and virtue. Now, he has given us life and godliness through the knowledge of Yahshua. And we would not have known anything about Yahshua or his name or his purpose unless 
Dr. Kinley had received that divine vision and revelation. And he said he saw this whole thing from beginning to end. That's right. And understood the purpose and the Godhead, the details and the interworkings of the Godhead. Mm-hmm. And he has shared so much of that with us. And it is incredible to think about the mm-hmm. carnal mind cannot comprehend it. Uh, so if you're still trying to figure it out, why you just let it go? <laughs> because you're never going to really understand that other than to say that he has chosen you before the foundation of the world. Mm-hmm. And it has been nothing that we have done or said, uh, good or bad, but he has chosen us. And you just have to go with that and receive what he is giving us at the end of this age. Mm -hmm. Now, the one thing that Dr. Kinley always used to say is that this purpose repeats and repeats and repeats and repeats all the way down. And that is why you can pick up a thread uh, and we won't go back over there, but in Isaiah 28, uh, it picks up how this is line upon line, precept upon precept, here a little and there a little. And with stammering lips and another tongue shall he speak to his people. And that's why we can pick up uh, the principle of uh, death, burial, resurrection, or blood, water, and spirit. And we can go all the way back to that Garden of Eden. Now, the first speaker brought out that um, Eve was within Adam uh, when that uh, commandment came forth not to touch of the tree, which is in the midst of the garden, uh, at least they died. Any other tree, they can have it, but the one in the middle, you cannot have. <laughs> and uh, we know uh, that uh, Yahweh had already devised a plan for salvation because he said, when you touch up the tree, not if you will touch from the tree. 
Now, he could have put that tree just anywhere he wanted to. And if I wanted something really not touched, I would hide it away. Mm-hmm. But what Yahweh did was he put that thing right in the midst of the garden. Right. So it's something that they had to uh, walk by, I'll put it that yeah. way, every day. Yeah. And there's a sure way to get a child to eat a cookie. And that is to tell them, here are the cookies, don't eat them, and then walk away. Now, you know they're going to dive right in because you told them not to do it. You're the one that put the idea in their minds about Mm -hmm. eating a cookie. But the one point I wanted to bring out here is that not only did Eve know the commandment, but Lucifer spoke to her about something she wanted. And what I mean by that is you read how Adam uh, walked with Elohim and spoke with him. Mm -hmm. And I wonder where Eve was. And I'm putting out there that Eve wanted to be as a God. I'll put it that way. That Eve... uh, Jealous. Yes. Was covetous, as uh, uh, Susie pointed out. And... The mystery and iniquity gave her what she wanted. Mm-hmm. And even at that, she was not expelled from the garden, but Adam was. But Eve had to follow because where else would she go? And as Dr. Kinley always said, The only way to fix that situation is to get that woman back into the man. And in that way, she shall not be deceived. And that's exactly what uh, he has done down at the end of this age. uh, As we collectively are that woman or that bride, He has put us back into the man. And if you are in Yahshua, the Messiah, then you are no longer able to be deceived. Mm -hmm. And all of us were deceived when we walked into the door. We were so confused. We did not know where we came from, where we were, where were we going. We knew nothing Mm -hmm. and wondered why we're depressed all the time or just to understand the mystery of iniquity had beaten us down 
uh, to a point of uh, insensibility because we had no sense when we walked in the door. Now, before I completely lose the train of thought here, I want to bring out that this pattern, this purpose repeats and repeats and repeats and repeats. Uh, and that's why you come down to second Peter. And Peter, if you read through the first chapter, is saying that he will uh, shortly be leave the flood. And he wants to make some things clear. And so I'm going to jump through a whole bunch and go over to verse uh, 19 down through the end of 21. We have also a more sure word of prophecy, unto which ye do well that ye take heed, as unto a light that shineth in a dark place, until the day dawn and the day star rise in your hearts. Now, I cannot even begin. Dennis gave a lecture uh, Wednesday uh, in Syracuse where he addressed that light. Um, if you haven't heard that lecture, I certainly suggest it. Uh, he opened up a whole bunch of stuff and um, uh, it's worth going back and listening to. It's all I'll say, 20. Knowing this first, that no prophecy of the scripture is of any private interpretation. Read. For the prophecy came not at any time by the will of man, but holy men of Yahweh spoke as they were moved by the Holy Spirit. Now, we've been reading, uh, hold there and go back to Matthew 28. Um, I think I want to pick it up around 12. Let me get there. You mean 24? Matthew 24, yes. You know, go to where I'm thinking of, not where I say. Try um, Yeah, hang on. <laughs> um, well, I want to get to 12. Um, you want four? Yeah, four is, four is good. Okay. Uh, Matthew 24, 4. And Yahshua answered and said unto them, Take heed that no man deceive you. For many shall come in my name, saying, I am the Messiah, and shall deceive many. And you shall hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you be not troubled, for all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. Okay, so here we are at the end of this age uh, it, where the Messiah is speaking and he says that there will be many, not just a few, but many that will come in his name. Right. 
There's just not, do you understand? We're talking about many shall come in the name of Yahshua and they shall deceive many. And we have been witnesses uh, uh, to that. And at the end of somebody else, Linda, go over to Acts, the 20th chapter. Oh, boy. There's just so many instances of this. I want uh, 20. Yeah, and what we're picking up here is the story of Paul. And when Paul uh, spent many years in, or uh, several years in Ephesus, uh, and they loved him there. Mm -hmm. And it came time that he had, he called all the elders of the church or the class together. You picked that up in 17. Um, oh boy. Pick it up at 29. Acts 20, 29. For I know this, that after my departing shall grievous wolves enter in among you, not sparing the flock. No, he's telling them if he's leaving, that when I leave, there is going to be many grievous wolves that will come unto the flock. And uh, uh, do 30 and 31. Go ahead, Linda. Also of your own selves shall men arise, speaking perverse things to draw now, away. They're going to rise up right out of your ranks. And I mm -hmm. don't have the uh, transcript right in front of me, mm -hmm. but it is the transcript of uh, Dr. Kinley's second last or last lecture, December, December of 75, where he warned the people that there would be those that would rise up right amongst his ranks, right amongst the class, and begin right. to teach things that he did not teach. And mm -hmm. he said, I'm not kicking about it. I'm telling you. So you know and are prepared to reject it. So right. he sat right in class and mm -hmm. told everybody that it was going to happen. Right. And yet when it happened... Everyone started falling like dominoes. See? God. So uh, continue on, Linda. All right, 30. Also of your own self shall men arise, speaking perverse things to draw away disciples after them. Now, so uh, we're going to drop that, but I want you to understand that Paul told the folks, when I leave, those grievous wolves are going to come in 
and not spare the flock. And they're going to come in right from within you, right within your church or within your class. They're going to come. And you can just go back uh, uh, and see how Eve was deceived. You can see how those people back uh, in Noah's time, uh, how there were many people that followed Noah uh, before the flood and how they all fell away because they thought that he, that Yahweh delayeth his coming. Right. He's not delayed. He's never been late in mm -hmm. his life. But what they did not understand is that when Yahweh gave Noah that vision, he said, the end of all flesh has come before me. That was it. That was the end of the age right then and there. Right. But they received a grace period. And that grace period there with Noah lasted 120 years. Now, Dr. Kinley told us over and over and over that the age ended in 1960. Right. What we need to remember is that now we are in that age of grace and that that grace period will be cut short. Don't think that Yahweh is delaying his coming. He's not late. This one, he's going to come early. So he told us down through the law and the prophets that as you wait, make sure you got oil for your lamp. Because if you think he's just not coming till somewhere's way down the line, then when he starts to come, then you're asking everybody else for oil and they're not giving up what they got. Any more than we're going to give up that which we have been taught. Go out and get your own oil. Mm -hmm. See? And then they miss the time of their coming, of his coming. See? It's repeating over and over and over until we get down here uh, 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 in Peter. Uh, pick up Peter. Uh, one uh, in 19 again. First, second Peter, sorry. <laughs> um, second yeah. Peter, one nineteen. We have also a more sure word of prophecy, whereunto ye do well that ye take heed, as unto a light that shineth in a dark place until the day dawn and the day star arise in your hearts. Read. Knowing this first, that no prophecy of the scripture is of any private interpretation. Read. For the prophecy came not in old time by the will of man, but holy men of Yahweh spake as they were moved by the Holy Spirit. Now, in, in, uh, it was reread uh uh, uh, there in Matthew 28, uh, 
And in the King James Version, it reads, it's like 2819 or 2812, because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold. Mm-hmm. Well, properly, the Holy Name Bible picks up that because apostasy shall abound, the love of many will wax cold. I want you to understand that apostasy is iniquity because the false prophets are telling us that we no longer need to know the law and the prophets. And I want you to see what they are really saying is don't listen to Yahweh because uh, uh, the scripture is not by uh, private interpretation and it did not come from men, but by the Holy Ghost. It came right from Yahshua. So they're telling you, don't listen to Yahshua. Don't read about him. Don't think about him because we have someone new here. And if you've got someone sitting in front of you, why would you go back and listen to a 2,000-year-old Holy Spirit? As if the Holy Spirit was old. So... I want you to see that that is iniquity and that iniquity is abounding. Now it repeats and repeats and repeats. So you have iniquity within our old ranks. You have iniquity in religion, iniquity in uh, politics, iniquity in uh, the economic systems of the world. I don't care what, uh, uh, if you're a Republican or Democrat, that's not the point. The point is that they all are lying to you. They all have an agenda and none of them really want to do what's best for you. Now we have uh, Joe Biden as president and he is only the second Roman Catholic president in our history. The first one was JFK. Mm-hmm. And if you, I'm not, this is a can of worms, but you know, JFK is the first one uh, that wanted us involved in Vietnam. And that, uh, 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 it was the Roman Catholic Church that didn't want South, Korea, uh, South mm-hmm. Vietnam to be overtaken because of the priest there. It, it's a long story, but I want you to see that he buckled to what the Pope wanted. And the the Pope buckled when the Nazis wanted to come into power. 
And right now, Joe Biden is over talking to the Pope. Well, mm. I don't know what they're cooking up, but I tell you this, we'll soon enough find out about it. Iniquity is abounding in this earth plane, worse than it ever, ever has been, because simply the fact that there's more uh, people on planet Earth than there ever has been. And those uh, angels that went against Yahweh in heaven, and they were thrown into that uh, uh, darkness, that bitter outer darkness, that's the earth as it was formed in darkness. And they are now on this earth plane. And Dr. Kinley told Dennis that there are not enough bodies on the earth to accommodate all of the demons that are looking for a place to live. Right. So I want you to see that because there's more people, there's more demons, and therefore it is more corrupt, and war will constantly take place because there was a war in heaven that's all they know what to do is have a war down here. Mm -hmm. You understand? Yes. Oh, boy. There's so much in this chapter. Uh, uh, go to 17. Uh, oh, did we do two in one? Do two in one and then 17. Second Peter, two in one. Yes, but there were false prophets also among the people, even as there shall be false teachers among you who privily shall bring in damnable heresies, even denying Yahshua that brought them. Bought them <laughs> and bring don't, you, don't you understand now Peter's going, I'm going to die soon. Soon as I'm dead, they're going to come in and bring damnable uh, heresies, and they're going to deny Yahweh. They're going to, didn't Israel, as soon as they mm -hmm. thought Moses was dead, build the golden calf and gave right. that calf credit for bringing them up out of Egypt? Yes. They did the same thing. And now, do you understand? They are saying, they are giving up the name of Yahshua and giving credit to a man. That's right. To a man for giving them eternal life. It, do you understand? They're going to get something eternal, but it's not going to be life. See? Oh, by 17. 17. These are wells without water, clouds that are carried with a tempest to whom the midst of darkness is reserved forever. Now, I'm going to cut in because they are as uh, clouds uh, uh, without water. See, moisture is supposed to be in a cloud. You're supposed mm -hmm. to get benefit from the... Uh, uh, 
uh, moisture in a cloud. Do you understand the cloud brings us shade and gives us comfort and give us rain, but now those clouds cannot serve their purpose. Just Five like, minutes, Dr. Umler. All right. Just like Dr. Kinley used to talk about a pair of socks mm -hmm. and that after a while, those socks won't stay up anymore right. because the elastic is all worn out. He right. correlated to a conscience. And he said, you pull on them up and down, up and down, up and down so much right. that they lose their stretch. They can't stay up and they no longer soon the uh, no longer perform the service that they're supposed to do. And he said, you know what you do with those socks? You want them up and throw them away. And he said the same way with these clouds. Now, I am going to, I've talked about this a hundred times, and um, I need that vomit. <laughs> um, where is that? Uh, it's in this chapter. What, in Peter? Yeah. Okay. It's right, at, right at the end. Okay. Oh, 22. Okay. Want it right at 22? Yeah. But it has happened unto them. Wait a minute. 20, 21. For it had been better for them not to have known the way of righteousness than after they have known it to turn from the holy commandment delivered unto them. But it has happened unto them according to the true proverb, the dog is turned to his own vomit again, and the sow that was washed to her wallowing in the mire. Now, it would have been better for them not to have known. Because now it's like returning to their own vomit. And the Roman Catholic Church, which is the mother of harlots, yeah. has a book called Matters Liturgical, which is a book for the priests. Not This is not for the people, but for the priests. And you know that they believe that that communion is the actual bud, uh, blood and body of the Messiah. Now, oh boy. Can we read it? I got it. Mm -hmm. Now, there's things that can go wrong during uh, 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 the ceremony. They might think, they give all different examples uh, if, it, if the wafer falls on the floor but you know you're supposed to pick it up this is before it's been given in communion but they say this if that wafer has been eaten by the priest and changed into the actual body and blood of christ that if that happens and you vomit, 
this is what you're supposed to do. Should the celebrant vomit up the consecrated host, he shall consume it again. They in their books say that this is a dog turned to its vomit. They think that body and blood is Christ. And if you were to happen to throw up Christ, mm -hmm. then you have to eat the vomit because you can't leave Christ as vomit on the floor. Now, one more real quick, and then I'm done. They give the same example for the wine. If any of the precious blood is spilled upon a hard but somewhat porous surface, the celebrant must absorb with his tongue as much as it is possible. I want you to understand that is disgusting. And it is even more disgusting what is happening in this world, especially those who sat and said they understood this true teaching that came from Yahweh himself and then walked away mm -hmm. back into that hell. Yes. That that is the same thing as a priest licking up vomit. Mm or wine off of the floor. It's worse because what they're doing is the spiritual reality of the example. Thank you for the time. I'll hand it over to the moderator. Thank you, Dr. Emler. We'd like to thank everybody who participated in our Zoom class today. We'd also like to thank those who have viewed us on YouTube. We hold our Zoom class here every Saturday from 4 to 6 p.m. Pacific time. At this time, I'd like to ask the class to stay muted until the live stream has ended. We'll now be dismissed by the doxology, which is taken from the last two verses of the book of Jude. Now unto him that is able to keep you from falling, and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. To the only wise Elohim, our Savior, through Yahshua the Messiah, our Sovereign, belong glory and majesty, dominion and power, both before all time and now and ever, let us all say, Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.